Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Stock Club um, with me, Jack. And kind of following on from last week um, and kind of touching on a couple of topics that we've spoken about before, I thought we could look this week at how you should look at companies um, that you think are a good option to invest in. Um, not maybe not just companies, maybe it's funds, maybe it's, um, I don't know, an index tracker, something like that. Um, how, how you should kind of like study um, an investment that you think is, is worthwhile and kind of things you should look out for and factors to consider. Because I think, you know, over the last week um, and, you know, given what we spoke about last week about the next six months, um, we've seen some up and downs. We've seen prices drop and rise quite sharply. Um and one thing, you know, in my head, it's looking at the price of a company and thinking, you know, is that good? Is it, is it worth investing in? But I thought we could take it a bit broader and just sort of approach a discussion on, you know, what should I do when I'm looking at something um, in terms of sort of in, investing in it? Um, what, do you, what do you think, Ed? It definitely says... Um... It's good to sort of set into investment rules that you just stick to. So when an opportunity does come up, if it fits within your criteria, you, could, you know you've got the confidence to go for it. And essentially, if you've got those rules in place, it puts in some safeguards so that you theoretically should never lose out. But it obviously, there's some circumstances that can go against you. But if you're setting rules, you're far less likely to have that happen to you. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've discussed investment strategies. So I feel like these rules can just kind of fit in with these strategies you might have. Um, you know, so an example could be, you know, you've got some long-term blue chips and you've got, you've got some growth stocks. Um, you pick and choose your growth stocks based on some rules. You make a, a margin, a, a bit of profit on one of the growth stocks, and then you put in place one of the rules around selling at, at that margin and walking away with a nice little profit. Um, and you, you can kind of see how these rules and approaches to investment can fit into the longer-term strategy. So... To build up your portfolio and stuff, it's good to stick to rules because invariably, when you break those rules, they're the ones you get caught out on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think, well, I, I've definitely uh, broken one of my rules, um, and it, it bit me um, in in the rear. But you live and you learn. Right. So yeah. So I think one thing I did want to touch on um, before we get into maybe discussing the finer points of looking at companies or funds or stuff like that. It's one rule that I've read online um, quite a bit about, you know, in various things is to how you should approach a situation where you've got, you've got your little pot of money that you want to invest in and how much money you should kind of keep to one side for a rainy day. Um, and this is basically, you know, you should hold a percentage amount of your portfolio in cash. Um, I think there's several reasons for this. You know, one could be just for ease of access, you know, something, you know, the boiler breaks and you need, um, you know, you need a bit of money there. So I'd never suggest putting all your money um, in sort of investments and, and things like that. You, you need that easy access. But also, I think um, there's the there's the converse of, you know, when you look for a buying opportunity, you need a bit of money there to be able to do it. And if you haven't got the money there and you see an opportunity, um, you'd be kicking yourself that you missed out. So. I think before we actually talk about rules of investing, one rule for, for me that I like to follow is having that little pot um, set aside it, as cash. Yeah, definitely. I like to have a bit of cash as well, just in case um, in case a stock comes up cheap. And particularly, like, like we had a situation yesterday where 
um, there was rumours over the um, US inflation. Well, not so much rumours. There's pretty much just uh, the predictions that US inflation is coming. So that that of the um, companies in the FTSE that were reliant on um, US income, because essentially it means there's going to be a reduction in their income in real terms. So companies like BP and stuff who have um, who sell oil in dollars um, and were hit hard by that. And actually, it wasn't. I think it was a single company, FTSE 100, that didn't come off yesterday. Yeah, so the whole, the whole, the whole FTSE 100 was red. There was not a single company in the blue yesterday. Um, at the end, there was a. I think um, which, which company was it? it? Was BT for a couple of hours of the day were plus point zero one of percent. That was it. So I think that was just a, a bit of a fluke, really. So essentially. Um, you get days like that where the whole market comes off and that is a brilliant time to buy because you just add everything off three percent so there is always gonna be a correction back and we've seen that today the market has corrected back not the whole way but it certainly jumped a long way a long way back up towards where it was and you know you've just bought something three percent cheaper than you would have bought it the day before so i like to have a, a set of money aside just to you know take advantage of those and maybe get a stock that i was half looking at get it a little bit cheaper and it can only be good, right? Yeah, exactly that. Um, and I think I've learned that the hard way. There have been times when I've sort of, you know, put money in and then either I've, I've jumped at something, um, which, is a, which is a side point, but there's been other times, yeah, like yesterday, I think if I had a bit of money lying, a bit of cash lying around, I'd have um, probably taken an opportunity on, on, on something like, you know, BP, where, where the drop was quite significant. So, yeah, I've been, I've been caught short there, but that's, that's definitely something that, now I, I'm going to look to implement, um, you know, for, as, a, as a rule. Yeah. I mean, also, I sort of, I like to build up my cash in there as a, because I like to put big lumps in as well. Um, I don't like putting in smaller commission and uh, fees and stuff just get swallowed up in there and it, it makes it a bigger percentage overcome where if say if you're putting into a hundred quid, you, the chances are you have to make ten percent back just to pay your commission. Um, where if you're putting in a thousand pounds, you have to make about one percent back to make the same, same commission. So, um, it, I, I like to I hold my money in there, so I'm not tempted to spend on something else. I'm not tempted to go and uh, buy latest pair of shoes or that. Or for me, it's rugby boots. Um, but it's in there, ready to invest as and when I'm ready. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think now you've kind of worked out. Well, you actually kind of touched on it on a second rule. It's is how much money you're you're willing to invest in in certain things. I think what one thing is to have a strategy. So I'm looking at you know blue chip um, dividend paying you know long term um, stocks. Maybe I'm looking at funds. Maybe looking at growth stocks. It's actually do you set yourself limits to exposure on things like growth stocks or high risk? Um, you know, uh, companies maybe or a higher risk sector. Um, something that I experienced at the start was, you know, putting an equal weighting into a FTSE 100, um, you know, blue chip, as I did a, a uh, I won't mention the name, a, a uh, you know, a, a, a company that was um, very volatile on its price because um, it was linked to, to, to Bitcoin. Um, and so your weighting <laughs> of your portfolio is skewed because, you're seeing huge jumps in one thing and other things ticking along, but you've got the same amount of cash in it. So it's, it, it, you know, you can see these bigger swings. So I think one thing for me, and I don't know whether you agree, is to 
set your kind of strategy, but also limits on that strategy. So for my growth stocks, I will only expose myself to 10% of my overall portfolio because if those growth stocks don't do what I think they do and they go the other way and go south, I'm not, you know, my whole portfolio isn't taken one way or the other. Yeah, and in terms of um, buying share single shares as well, I mean, like in single companies, um, obviously some shares are like, you know, your penny shares, your sort of ones that are around... You know, there's some tiny, tiny penny shares, but there's a lot of companies that sit around the, the the one pound to five pound mark. But there's also some companies out there, like for instance, um, like um, like Rio Tinto, for instance, is you know, it's like seventy quid a share almost. So, and there's some there are even more. I, mean, I was looking at one today, and it was it was one hundred eighty five pound a share. So, what I like to do in terms of buying shares is is buy a number of shares rather than money. So think to myself, okay, right, I'm going to buy, um, well, I'm saying to myself, I'm going to buy £500 of BP. I'm going to say I'm going to buy at least a minimum of 50 of one share. That- That's a really good point. Um, I mean, for me, that was something, again, that I neglected at the start, but I've only sort of, I, I noticed quite quickly um, early on, you know, I, I put some money into GSK because um, I could see growth there. Um, but the amount of money, you know, didn't buy that many shares. And also when you think about, you know, because of the price of the share that was high, um, when you think about, you know, dividends as well, if you've only got a little, you've only got like 20 shares, the dividends are going to be tiny, Um, you know, and if you think about dividend reinvest, it's going to take a very long time for that to, you know, that to be reflected in, um, you know, in in a buyback of, you know, one share here, one share there, Um, every every time so that that's another consideration i think or in worst case scenario actually the dividend coming out of it isn't enough to buy back a share and um yeah you know, you, you, you missed the opportunity um so yeah certainly looking at companies that reflect the amount of money you're putting in um would would be a good tip i think so do you, do you have a, do you have a strategy do you have like a i i do i try and um I, I, I do look at the dividends and whether the, the particularly on the high priced shares and make sure that I'm going to get like a, the dividend is going to be at least at bare minimum the, the interim is going to be enough to buy a share back. So if, for instance, the, 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 the um, interim dividend is only about 1%, which it probably would be, you know, you're looking at normally the interim is about half of the, half of the final and you get about three percent a year off of most shares as an average so you're looking to um, make sure that the interim payment is if it's only one percent that is enough to buy back at least a share so um, make sure that you're putting in enough to cover that back yeah so if you're if the interim is only one percent then make sure you're buying at least 100 shares to ensure that you're buying at least a share back with each interim a bare minimum interim payment. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just I also look at the um, so the price earnings ratio and stuff like that, and, and build that in. But it it um it, I, I try not to get too bogged down in price earnings ratio because um, yeah, they are a good a good indication of value, but also sometimes that they're skewed out by other other um, factors. But uh, it's it's certainly just a factor just to look at and help build a picture. I mean, yeah, for, for, it's funny you've you've moved on to the topic that I was going to move on to next oh, without, <laughs> without even telling you. 
um it well it was just kind of different techniques on how you, you know you can value a company and if you think something's undervalued or not um you know focusing specifically on on prices because i think you know pricing is very subjective when you when you think about how that fits in with your strategy you know like uh, you know you could look at a price today and it's i don't know 150 and you think yeah that's great tomorrow it goes down to 130 and you're like oh god I've, uh, what have i done but if you're yeah. if your long-term aim is to hold that stock for 10 years you shouldn't care about the price today or, or tomorrow really um unless you think it's extremely overvalued um and doesn't represent you know a good buying opportunity in the long term so for me p ratio i, 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 I prefer to look at forward p's because you know price earnings is based off last year's earnings and as we've seen with like the pandemic things can there's a lot of things that can affect earnings and and, and stuff like that so I, I i prefer to use forward p's um to look look ahead yeah, definitely. I think as, as it's all part of building up the, the bigger picture, isn't it? You know, looking at current PE, forward PEs. You know, just looking at just. I mean, also, how is the the um, the value calculated? Is it is this a, for instance, a company's got a lot of infrastructure that is giving it the like a physical value, or is it mainly weighted in their brand and stuff like that, which is probably a bit more uh, potentially a bit more volatile? You know, is it? Is it in intellectual property and stuff like that? You know, um, look at what makes up the company's value as well. Because, um, I mean, certainly, I mean, things like, I always go back to it, but Tesla is just massively overvalued because you can't tell me that that is a car company, which barely makes a profit, um, is more valuable than Toyota. It just doesn't make sense. But that's currently where the market cap puts it. I mean, it's come yeah. back a little bit now. I think it might almost be neck and neck now, but it was valued way above Toyota and Tesla and Toyota don't even compare in terms of their value. So, you know, just stuff like that and just imparting your knowledge onto it from other stocks in a, in a similar industry and just look at that and just, yeah, just get a, get a picture in your head as to where, if you feel it's overvalued or undervalued. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely. I think, um, you know, going, going a little bit deeper, I, I, I like to, you know, look at maybe the past three years of, sort of revenues and profits and and stuff like that um things like the dividend dividend payments and the yields and if i see some consistency there i think yeah that's good i mean obviously the last year there's it's, it's affected everyone um you know in terms of share prices or you know whether companies cut dividends and stuff like that so you know i think what one thing is to, to to look at the price today but i think you do yeah and and where you think the company is is heading but you do need to have a consideration for for what it maybe has done in the past as well i mean it's fairly easy to look at a graph and think oh well it will just go back to where it was but in some cases you know things don't so you have to do a little bit more digging i think yeah definitely and looking at um just just having a bit of it uh doing a bit of homework and having a bit of time just to read on things. And you can't read too much information, definitely, even if it's absolute garbage. You can make it up for yourself if it's absolute garbage. Just just keep reading reports. And there, there is always nuggets of information in somewhere. And sometimes rumours, you know, start off as rumours, but then end up being true, you know. Like, um, and it's always rumours that drive up things. So, And it's always bad news that drive down things. So it's always... The market's always reactionary to um, to bad news, but it's always running ahead of positive news. So, um, yeah, just if if there's a bit of a rumor on something, it 
they'll probably give you some truth in it in terms of reflecting the share price because everyone's going to believe that rumour and they have a punt in the case it's true and you almost, you know, it's almost like uh, doing a, a bet on, on a football match and taking the um, and, and taking the, the, the early money out, you know, when they're up 1-0. They might not win the game in, in the end, but if, you might as well take the early money out if they're up 1-0. <laughs> yeah, nice analogy. Yeah. So, so, so actually, touching on that, one thing for me, you know, I wanted as well, I guess, in all of this was to talk about news and, you know, where where do you go to to do your research? I mean, one thing I like to do is just, you know, look look through basic financials over the last three three years. Look at look at the sector as well. Is is there any, you know, if we look at commodities, there's all this talk around a commodity super cycle. So there's a lot of like news around that, which obviously if you've got, you know, Rio Tinto as an example, there's a, there's a commodity, um, you know, driven uh, company and, and share price. So how does that affect things? But w- what's your approach to kind of doing your homework and finding out the information you want for a stock that you think it, that you want to invest in? Well, I tend to look at the stocks that are doing well for me and then looking for very similar companies and then just keep an eye on them and see if they're doing similar trends. If they are, then you know, have a, do a bit more research into them. Like, for instance, I've come across a company called Glencore just purely by keeping an eye on Rio Tinto. And then uh, as soon as I started paying attention to Glencore, I realised that actually most of the time they're in the top five climbers in the FTSE 100. Um, and, and, and then along with a company called BHP um, as well, BHP. And BHP... They, they, they function out of Switzerland. Um, it's a little bit secretly around what they do exactly, but they, they are involved in the commodity sector. And, um, you know, the, the, that, I've come across those companies, just clearly come across uh, after researching more into companies around Rio Tinto. Rio Tinto is by far my best performing stock. Um, uh, and it, 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 just, just going off of that, really, and just finding my own way. And you don't... like. Um, what you find in stuff like horse betters and stuff, uh, horse betting, the, the the professional gamblers and stuff on it, they don't they don't um, focus on all horse races. They just focus on one specific event, and you become a world expert in that one specific event. And I certainly think that you know if you find a a a, um, a group of companies that are all in the same sector, that you know. Uh, and you think that sector's going somewhere, then why not focus all your attention on one sector? Because you then become a world expert in that sector rather than, I mean, no one's ever going to keep their head around all companies in the world. So, I mean, it'd be hard enough just trying to get hold of the FTSE 100, let alone trying to keep track of, you know, just one sector. But if you can learn one sector through and through, I, I think that's a quite a strategy as well. And that's tend to be where I found most of my profits. Yeah. I think I think that's a really good approach. I mean, I think you know, I think the pair of us, you know, maybe at times have taken a bit of a scattergun approach with things. But I think that was driven by, you know, where's the next growth opportunity with this grand reopening we were expecting, you know, with the you know with coronavirus. Um, and I say scattergun approach, it, it definitely wasn't as, as uh, that, but it was a bit of like a you know Rolls Royce was something. You know, I, I've got no you know, no experience in the aviation industry, no real knowledge, not that I have much knowledge in oil or, you know, commodities, but um, that was that was like a diversion from, you know, the a few companies I'd invested in, but I thought that was a good punt given given the um, given the trajectory of kind of the aviation travel sector and where I thought the economy was going. But yeah, I think um, I think the point that you make is good around understanding and knowing a sector. 
because um, then you can spot trends better, I guess. Yeah, and you sort of like learn that, like, yeah, so if you can spot an overall bigger trend, you can then learn when one's falling behind the pace and you, you've got to, you, you can potentially make some money there because if one's falling behind the pace just because it's simply been forgotten by a few people, you can get in there and then as soon as they realise they've forgotten it, you know, you, you pick it up at a faster rate. Um, and, you know, in terms of your news watching, you know, you're not looking for all types of news. You're just looking for certain types of stories. And just, you know, because we haven't got time to sit there and just trawl through endless news articles and wonder how that's potentially going to happen or affect our whole diverse portfolio. I mean, I'm not saying have, don't have a diverse portfolio. It's very, it's very wise to have a, a bit of diversity of portfolio. But certainly in terms of your weighting, you know, you, you should be, um, if you want to make some, some 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 good money in terms of you want to be active on your portfolio. I just I think it's a way forward. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good really good point. Um, and then I, I think maybe one of the last things I just wanted to touch on with you know with investments you know and when to sort of to do it is is around the timing. It's around you know I I try to stay. <laughs> you might disagree, but I try to stay um, emotionally detached now from anything. Like I said, if you've got a long-term view of something, the price today and tomorrow doesn't matter. You only care about it in 10 years. I think generally you are never going to hit the peak, um, you know, and you'll never find the complete bottom. You just need to look at it objectively and think, is this price fair? Is there room to grow? Is the company going to grow? Do I think this is a good investment rather than this price today will be the lowest I've ever seen it and tomorrow it will be the highest? Um, yeah, you, you'll, ne- you'll never know if you're the last bloke in or not. You know, yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll never pick the top. It just, it, it just won't happen. But certainly, you can look at, you know, above, above trend and below trend. I think that's all you can do is look at that. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's a lot harder at the moment because everything's still up in the air. So, um, but I mean, it means there's some bigger money to be made for the right investor. Um, certainly, in short term. But I mean, you just. To try and um, make understanding of what's going on now, it's just you know, even the top investors in the world are, are, are racking their brains as to working out what's going to happen because it's just so unprecedented. Um, certainly, in what certainly in the last couple of generations, you know. But so, so I think generally, then does it does that make it like almost less um, crucial that you get your pricing right, or does it make it even harder to get the pricing right? I think it makes it even harder to get pricing right because you don't know what's going to happen. There's no, there's no certainty at all. I mean, it's getting a bit more certainty now, but you don't know what sectors are going to come back strongest at all. There might even be some sectors that are totally wiped off the face of the planet by the, by all this. So, and, you know, it's in terms of the stock market, effectively, it's all just, it's all just you're valuing people's opinion on that company, effectively. Um, and, who knows what the human being, other humans are thinking? But um, I, I tend to go on my gut reaction because that's normally the reaction that I'd hope that other people would have as well. And actually, when you try and overanalyze it, I end up just screwing my head, my head and coming to the wrong decision. Um, so just I tend to just go on my gut, and if I, if I think something's right, I go for it. And I have to say, about seventy percent of the time, I'm right with that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Because um, so you, you, 
you can only go like, most there's more and more investors like us these days out there there, there isn't just invest like professional investors out there anymore there's a lot more openness to the market to the general punter and that that sort of um that is having an effect on the market because it is becoming a bit more sort of open to people making not uneducated decisions but a bit more sort of heartfelt decisions and so you've got to start listening to your, head, your heart more in your head, I think, now, nowadays. Yeah. And that moves us nicely on, sort of, to buy, hold, sell. <laughs> um, because that's something that, you know, you need to make sure that your heart doesn't rule your head all the time. Um, I think, do you want to go first this week? Yeah, I can do, yeah. Um, I said just just a, a quick kind of, like, gloat for myself, because I actually realised... In the last um, last week, all of the uh, top fives in the day have included at least two of my buys from the last three weeks. So that's um, I'm quite pleased about that. I mean, today the top five performers are in, the top four are BP, Diageo, and Royal Dutch Shell A and B, which I've said to buy on this show. So I'm quite pleased about that. And the didn't I? Terms, no, did, I thought I said to buy Shell. Uh, I said a good, I've definitely been beaten on about a few weeks. And today, the, the for instance, in the top, uh, the bottom five losers in the FTSE 100 are Flutter and Entame, which last week I said to, to sell. And they've gone down uh, over the last week around 5 6%. So you know, I was quite pleased myself about that. I mean, um, I'm, I now recall me definitely saying last week <laughs> to buy Shell. So um, I, 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 I. to copy me. I think I went first. <laughs> no, I mean, like, copy my old ones. <laughs> I, I can't ever win. No, you can't. Win. Right, but, Any, anyway. Um, what I'm saying is, like, sometimes we actually sound like we know what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, and I think it's fair. <laughs> I think I think it's, I, I think it's. we can we can back ourselves every now and then. Um, yeah. All right, go on then. Uh, get, you know... Do do your do your uh, do your best again and tell us all what's going to happen in the stock week for the next you know stock market for the next week. Next week or oh, next week? I don't, um, actually, you just changed the parameters there, so I'm actually going to move my buy now to my hold. But um, okay, so buy. I have been absolutely enthralled by um, just how well BHP BHP are doing. So I'm I'm gonna I think BHP are going to rise up the most again in the next week i think um they've been so almost every single day in the in the top today they're not but almost every single day they've been in the top five rises um and do, and, do, do you think that's a good long-term one as well um yeah i think so i mean the, the, the um the dividend isn't amazing um i'm just having a look it up actually because um thinking it's not that much but it's in terms of the sector it's it's not too bad um i mean they pay currently they normally pay a little bit more than they they are in the last year but i mean they're, they're currently paying around um actually they're paying around 10 percent uh, just under because it's dollars to, to pence but yeah it's okay i think it's okay um this this year they're due to pay about five percent but i think it'll go up a bit um, I think that's, I think it's a good strong long term hold. I mean, um, as well as an instant buy. I mean, they they were hit quite hard by coronavirus, but only around fifty percent. But then they've bounced back to um, they've risen more than a hundred percent since then. So it, they're well above where they were, and I think they're actually they're, they're on 
the same steady trend that they were on before. Take out, take out the blip of, of coronavirus. They're actually now back onto the trend they were on before, which not many companies actually have. A lot of them have, have sort of risen slightly, but not quite reached the levels they were at. Um, but these are certainly got levels they were at, and if not, they're continued on to the trend they were before. So I think they're a good. I think they're a good long term. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to move my my buy was Cineworld, but I moved to hold because I think Cineworld just I think are, are they're going to come back up again um, soon. They've had a bit of a slump recently over the last three months. Um, about sort of mid March they hit 120. They're back down towards 90 now. They're just under 90p, and um, I think just as things open back up, I think they'll do. Okay, I don't think I'll reach the levels they were at. There's going to be um, a lot of uncertainty around how many they can have in the meantime, but they were right up um, near the three quid mark um, in 2019, for instance. So, yeah, I think um, I think they'd be good. I think they're good for two quid. I think so. It's, it's probably 100 percent there. So I think that um, as long term, um, in terms of my sell, um, I've, I've sort of. I have been worried about this this week because I've been like, I don't really, uh, I I don't really um have a sell as such as not nothing. I've been worrying about my losers, but um I do think that now Just Eat have settled down since their IPO uh, earlier in the last year. Um, I think they are going to start ticking down now. I think they they reached a stupidly high price. They 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 IPO'd originally around the um. 70 quid mark they went right up to over over 100 quid a share mark they're now back down to about 62 quid a share but i think i I don't see that holding um particularly if people start eating out more um so yeah they've not been doing too well actually since since last christmas and that was when everyone was locked in so i just think that's a a long-term sell i think if you can short one that's that yeah yeah, I I I think I'd agree with all of those. Cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> I've actually got um, two buys and a hold. <laughs> um, That's cheating. <laughs> all right. Well, I might have to. Well, give us, give us both, give us both your buys. Go on. We'll we'll, we'll 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 suffer fools this time. So on sort of on the theme that you gave around looking into a sector, I've been looking into commodities, um, you know, quite a lot recently. And I think I've spotted two that I think are sort of lagging behind. Um, yeah. One is Fresnelo. Yeah. So they're a, they're a, yeah, they're a mining company. Um, and I think, you know, given I look at its performance against like things like Rio Tinto um over the last two months, Rio Tinto's up 17% and Fresnelo's down 5%. So I think that's got room to grow. It's actually this week, it's it's risen 5% um, steadily. Obviously, it knocked back, got knocked back yesterday. But I, I think, you know, I think that's got legs to over over 1,000. It's at about eight. It's just under 900 now at the moment. Um, I think it, it pays a, a little bit of a dividend. So I think, you know, um, that that's a good sign. So that's one of my buys. The other one is polymetal, um, which again um, is, is a, is, you know, commodity based um, mining sort of company. And again, I think it, it, you know, it's seen good growth over the last year, um, but I think it's still got room to grow. Um, again, it's got, I think it pays, I think it pays a, a good little dividend. Um 
it's okay with the polymetal dividend. It's, it's around, um, I think it's about 10% mark, depending on yeah. where the price, the price holds at. Um, it's, one of, it's one of the ones I've got in my portfolio, actually. And they've done okay last um, over last month or so since I got it. And um, yeah, I agree with you there on that one. It's, um, I think if, if you look back over the last year, you know, it hit heights of you know, the, the 2000 um, mark, it's at 1,600 now. I mean, if it goes back up to, if it goes back up to there, um, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a, it's a nice tidy 25% increase. Um, so I, I think it's, yeah, I think short term it's there. And I think, you know, I've read a few things online um, around them, you know, wanting to expand and, um, you know, in, invest and sort of really, really drive, you know, the business forward. So I think that that's a, a good kind of long-term one as well. Um, I think my my hold is basically any money in the emerging markets. Um, I think I said this about a month ago, or maybe six weeks ago. Maybe it's the start of the pods that I did it. But I, I said, just just don't. Things have dipped. Just don't worry. They'll go back, and things have kind of stayed the same. And there is, you know. I've seen news and things around, you know, Asian markets um, tumbling and, and it's been reflected in, you know, global, global um, sell-offs and stuff like that have, have caught, you know, the, 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 the Asian markets. But I think, I think by the end of the year, things will have turned, turned around. I think, um, I don't think they need to worry about inflation so much. I think, um, you know, production's rising. They're, they're clear of the pandemic. So I think, I think we'll see things coming back. Um, and once India and Brazil get over their COVID waves, I think, you know, things there will pick up. And so if you've got any money in these emerging market funds, I think just hold. I think you'll be okay. Things will, things will turn back around and then we'll see some real growth towards the end of the year. Yeah, also it'd be interesting to see how the US inflation affects them, actually, because um, currently there's a lot of export from those countries. But as they grow... They won't need to rely on foreign markets so much, and if they can, um, if they can hold on to their currency rates as they are, and not not pump too much money into their systems, then um, they might actually come out a lot stronger just on the just on the fact that buying in stuff will become cheaper, um, yeah. buying in their raw materials and things like that. But um, yeah, I think it'd be you know, certainly long term hold, definitely worth it, worth a punt. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think it'll be okay. And yeah. I mean, if you had to push me for a sell. GSK, I think I might have said to sell GSK last week. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're right to say that actually, because I mean, they're, they're going to go through this mass separate off basically their retail arm from their trade arm. Um, so your toothpaste that you, you buy in boots and stuff is going to be under one company, and you know the, the pharmaceutical drugs are selling to it is going to be on another company. Um, so. Um, it, it could go one or two ways. It's obviously going to create a bit of uncertainty in the meantime as they split it and how are they going to split it? Do, do the share owners get 50 of one and 50 of the other or something? Well, what's going to happen? There's going to be, it's going to be a bit dodgy for a little while, I think, until until there actually is some rules put down. But um, yeah, it could, it, it could lead to a, a, a one half of the company really soaring and the other falling. But it's... it's yeah without doing more research and, and finding out why they're splitting then you wouldn't know why but definitely one to have a look at and if you can if you can find out what what the details behind it are all and you can get it sussed and get your head around it and, and and make sure you're hedged against that kind of thing then i think you could do quite well out of it but in terms of just as a 
casual share owner just owning some GSK, you could end up down. Yeah, yeah completely agree. Um, and we can end the pod there on us agreeing, which is quite nice. <laughs> I, th- I, think, nice. I think we've agreed more on this than we've ever done in our own private lives. And, you know, we've been friends for more than, you know, well, we've been friends for nearly 15 years. Um, Christ, I think we've, yeah, we've agreed more on these 25 minute slots every Wednesday than we've ever done outside of it. So, um, yeah, long may yeah. it continue. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're that's our point is a pod, really, isn't it? You know, just to discuss things and end up, we don't, don't end up seeing those, um, agreeing with others point of view because they sort of like badge us into it we just end up talking about the same things end up seeing the same points and um hope hope you guys uh, are doing well out of it on the markets out there and carry on listening i mean uh, um just to update on on the listeners now we're, we're now covering 11 different countries across five different continents which is just absolutely mind-boggling yeah um, I, I can't believe it we just need some African listeners. So if you know any African friends out there, get us to listen to them on some Antarctica ones. And we're fine. <laughs> we come the whole world. Yeah. But yeah. So ne- figure and, out, then, guys. and then Elon can take us to Mars. Yeah, yeah well, this is the plan. We, are, we have applied to go on Elon's rocket ship to, to the moon. And ne- next, yeah. week's, next week's episode, Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, right on that note um, no it's been good Um, good to chat Um, and yeah as ever if you've got any suggestions just just ping them to us and you know we can always tweak our topics and discuss something that um, people actually want to actually want to hear about yeah perfect right see you guys next week yeah see you next week cheers bye